Hello, welcome back to Pardon My Franchise, a podcast about movies. There's a lot of them sometimes. Season one, baby. Movies are hard to make. <laughs> movies are hard to make. We watched Survival of the Dead, the 2009 George Romero. Um, actually, it's the 2008 because of the 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 this did not air at festivals, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure it's going to say 2008 if you scroll up to the top. Did I close the tab? I had a tab open. Of the interview? Of the interview. I oh, closed well. the tab. Also, I like Early that state. the summary calls him boy, like as a proper name. Not yeah. the boy. He is boy. Yeah. Okay. His name is Mac. We're calling him Mac. All right. So we watched Survival <clears throat> of the Dead. Um, it yes. is... George Romero's final of the dead movie. For now. It he's dead. For now. <laughs> <laughs> it is his final movie. Um uh, you know, rest in peace to a real one. He did he was a producer on a remake of The Crazies after this, but that I didn't know he was dead. Yeah, he died in twenty sixteen, I wanna say. I remember it was kind of a thing when he died, twenty seventeen. <clears throat> I remember People I know being like, man, George Romero died. And I, like, you know, I feel it now. I'm like, man, shout out to one of the, one of the legends. Sure. Um, Who's going to be a, a Romero in 50 years? Like, of the people making movies now that we don't really necessarily think about, who's going to be like, oh, man, that guy. Yeah, who, like... Is Ryan Johnson going to make it? I don't know. <laughs> he <when> might. <laughs> Ryan Johnson for better and for worse, will be making movies for the rest of his life. And so when he dies, there will be a lot of like, oh man, Knives Out, that was one of my favorites. It was one of my favorite multimedia franchises. <laughs> Remember back when it was just one movie? It was crazy. That's, that's the thing is all the, the... The thing is that the director figure that George Romero was or your Martin Scorsese's or your Steven Spielberg's that guy 
is now a showrunner. That's your Vince Gilligan's, your Tony Gilroy's, your Dave Filoni's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Filoni-verse is an interesting idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that there's anything we could do on this podcast for Dave Filoni, but... I, I, I don't think there's anything I can do for Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it for Steve. I don't know that I can do it for I Dave. I can't do it for Dave, no. <laughs> I don't have that power. <laughs> Not from a Jedi. <laughs> uh what did you think of survival of the dead we were you were making a point about directors but oh no i just my point is only that like i think in in large part at least in the 2010s and 2020s television has sort of supplanted like the cultural role that film once had this the arc of this film started as a four-star movie yeah then it went down to a two-star movie yeah and it went back up to a three-star movie. Yeah. <laughs> At first, it was like, okay, this is acceptable. And then the characters were kind of fun. Yeah, like the first five minutes, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. But then she starts masturbating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We, so then we open on a group of the, the National Guard guys from the last movie. Yeah. Who we see... Uh, from that movie again at the beginning of this one. Uh huh. And then we cut to one of them, and she's just got her hand down her pants, getting off in this jeep, while the other guy is like pacing around outside the jeep with his laptop, trying to get a signal. Watching, watching Jimmy Fallon. Watching fake Jimmy Fallon. Watching yeah. basement Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's... Watching the IT crowd Jimmy Fallon. Yes. <laughs> like watching... that kind of like yeah. basement ass little setup there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. And yeah, it's not like the of the dead series has not been about oh the world ends and the people forget all their like you know like society persists in some sometimes like not not society in a broad sense but throughout these movies people still fill social roles you know it's not about the breakdown of morals it's not about like I mean it's a little bit. But it, that's like the end of the movie. This movie opens on that girl is just masturbating with four other people around. And I think it's just a her thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's just No like, one else is like this. <laughs> no one else she's is. She's just, that's just her deal. Um, also, she's gay. Yeah. Uh, you keep thinking this will matter and it never does. It doesn't really but 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 yeah, the first the first two minutes are like this opening narration, and I was like, ah, this is too self serious. I don't care about this. I don't care about these characters but, that we've met for one scene. And then as you get introduced to the cast in this in the first like real scenes, it's like, oh, I kind of like this. I kind of like these people. I want to see where this is going. Yeah, the opening on the island was kind of like weird. It, we're doing yeah. a sort of like rival families on an island situation, which is. Not a, the type of story that these movies have had. Right. So there's 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 two sort of sides to the cast that end up meeting up about 30 minutes into the movie. The, the one side is these National Guard guys who we met in the last movie briefly. And then the other side is there's a fa- there are two families that live on this island called Plum off the coast of Delaware. And um, the O'Flynn family is like their patriarch guy is captain courageous captain courageous he had he has a first name it's not o- shameless O-S-E-A-R. i don't know 
Seamus is the other guy. Seamus is the other guy. Let me see if I can pull up this guy's name. Patrick. Patrick O'Flynn, the most fake-ass Irish name. <laughs> the other one is Seamus Muldoon. Not to be uh, confused with the other much more famous Muldoon. And Patrick O'Flynn and a couple other O'Flynns are going around the island, basically, and killing zombies, right? Like, they're just like, hey, I like... It's a small island. It's a small community. They know all these people. And in my mind, they are performing a valuable social service, which is like, they go to this guy's house and they're like, we heard your kid died, man. We know that kid's upstairs. We're just going to go up there and shoot him. He's a zombie. Like, I'm going to take this off your plate. We're going to go shoot that kid. Um, and the, the father is like, no, we've got him chained to the bed. He's going to be fine. He, he's going to get better. He's just sick right now. Um, and the mother like pulls a gun, pulls a gun gets and she, shot. she gets shot. And, and then he has to shoot her. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Th- th- this is, he should have just listened. Yeah. This is the thing is that the, the father at that point is like, no, I'll shoot my wife. I'll be the one to do it. And it's like, dude, th- like these people are just doing a like like a pro-social thing that should exist in a zombie apocalypse which is like hey i'm gonna take like you don't want to shoot your children i get it i'll do it for you but Mm -hmm. the children have to be shot (laughs) yeah like and he and you see it like he shoots his wife and he's crying and he's upset and he doesn't want to do it let's uh, there are six other dudes with guns in there that'll blast your wife no problem it's one thing for this to be like, oh, the first year of the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But it's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. You have to just adapt. Yeah. It gets easier <laughs> over time the more kids you shoot. <laughs> I get it. it you it'll be hard. <laughs> but, like, it's going to be like this forever now. Uh-huh. Like, they're not coming back. Right. So then... <clears throat> Um, so Patrick gets upstairs and he like, it's not, he, he, it's not easy for him either. He's like, does someone else want to shoot this kid for me? I really don't want to shoot this kid. I'll do it. I will do it because it needs to be done. But if someone else is willing to do it, that would be great. And no no one steps up. And so he cocks the gun and then Seamus Muldoon walks in and says, no more killing. We're going to let all the zombies live, basically. Um, and he... I'll, I'll jump ahead because you don't really see how that plays out until later in the movie, but I, it's context that I think if you're listening to the podcast, you should probably, it'd be easier to follow if you know. Basically, his plan is that he ends up chaining all the zombies to, like, the mailman. He chains the mailman to a mailbox, and so the mailman can sort of, like, replicate his daily routine of delivering the mail. And. Oh, this guy chopped wood all the time. We chained him to a tree stump, and he can just keep on chopping wood. You know? That's Seamus' plan. This is disgusting. <laughs> this is this is the most, like... It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's macabre. It's... It, man, if I'm dead, I want you to let me be dead. I do not want to, like... I'll 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 be the guinea pig. I don't care. If I'm dead, just make teach me how to use a phone or whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit. Yeah, if you want to do if you want to do, do some day of the dead. Yeah, if you want to do that to me, sure. Uh, you can make me into bub, 
But if well, I'm, I'll be, bu- I'll bubbing up, no problem. <laughs> I'm but, bubbing already. But if you, if I die and you fucking train me to a frappuccino blender, and you're like, all right, Autumn, go back to Starbucks now. <laughs> this is what you do forever. <laughs> I, I'll fucking bite your fucking face off. I don't want to do this. I have a question. Yeah, they're on an island. Uh huh. Are they mining for any sort of materials? Doesn't uh, seem like it. Doesn't seem like Do it. Do they operate a smelter? Doesn't seem like it. How are they getting this many chains? <laughs> Where are the chains coming they from? They do. They do. They have eighteen feet of chain per zombie on one island. They're, they don't they're, have enough chain for all those zombies. They they run. They all run farms. They probably have chains for. Farm reasons. But if you never stop using the chain... Yeah, no, you eventually you will anybody, run out of chains. They're gonna run out of chains! <laughs> yeah. What is your big plan there, Seamus? Yeah, and Seamus is like, we're gonna cure him. But his only idea is, he tries to... Once again, this is like way later in the movie, but I think it's context. Instead, he has a pig plan. Yeah, he's Let's like... see if zombie's like pig. Oh, uh, zombie don't. don't eat pig? Let's put zombie in the pen with a squirrel. Uh, zombie doesn't eat squirrel. And eventually the zombies eat a horse, right? Because his plan is, we're going to get the zombies to eat something that isn't human. That doesn't solve the problem, So that problem, we can though. peacefully coexist with the zombies? You can't. No. <laughs> they just eat. They just eat. They don't eat for sustenance. They just eat. They, they eat when they're full. <laughs> I eat Taco Bell and real Mexican food and Italian food. Like... <laughs> Just because I ate horse on Tuesday does not mean I will not eat person on Wednesday. <laughs> this is a stupid idea. Anyway. Anyway, so... The that, the National Guard guys end up well, taking a uh, armed, like... Armored truck. An armored truck that has a vault full of money. This doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's taken from a bunch of racists in the woods who have a bunch of zombie heads on poles that they left alive but all the zombies are black and all of the all of the rednecks are white it's doing the thing that i associate so strongly with like 2000s and 2010s i i think of this happening all the time these days of like we're gonna poke fun at the racists for being racist by ourselves just reproducing really racist uncomfortable thing you know like this is the this is the thing that like homestuck does constantly of i've been listening to a lot of homestuck why are you bringing up homestuck on my movie podcast <laughs> i've been listening to homestuck made this world a thing that homestuck does a lot is isn't it bad to be racist now let me tell a really racist joke but oh if you laugh at it you're bad because you're, you're racist you're also referring to racist basist <laughs> the game grumps bit yes where they'll say yes. something racist and then go like drum noises because that's the character they're doing yeah yeah um just so, a little blast from 12 years ago or whatever the fuck so so patrick o'flynn is exiled from the island and the guys are driving the armored truck they they kill these racists and they meet up with a guy who is only going to be known as boy throughout this movie he looks he, like mac he does look like Mac from the commercials. Mac and PC. Yeah. He's not that guy. He's smaller. He's like a level six version of that guy. Uh-huh. He's going to evolve <laughs> into the other guy at level 16. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you go at 32 from there, but... um, Guy who listens to vinyl. I meant like a real person, <laughs> but... Um, Anthony Fantano. 
though. <laughs> Visually, I don't give a shit about the music part. The Mac guy doesn't have a music theme to him. Yeah, anyway, um, so... They meet up with this teen they meet who's up... like a real sharpshooter. He's got a mean mouth. Uh-huh. He's tricksy. He's got 4chan all the texts. He's definitely on 4chan. And he... So so the, the National Guard guy, they get him in the armored truck because they decide that we're not going to kill this random kid we found. And they, they get him in the truck, and he's like, where are you going? And they're, and they're like, well, we're going north to get away from people, kind of like the guys at the end of Land of the Dead, right? Like, we're going to go up to Canada and just get as far away from people as we can, right? And the, the tech kid boy is like, no, nah, check this out. And he shows them his iPhone. <laughs> and Patrick O'Flynn is put out a thing on YouTube that he's like, hey, if you live on the East Coast, come on to this beach in Delaware. I'll, uh, I am selling people, like, ferry rides to Plum Island, basically. He's posted up on the beach, and he's going to... He doesn't s- say he's selling anything in the video. Yeah, he's like, he's like there's nothing in it for me. Yeah, you can, come go, on down. you can go to our islands that we have. And then when they get there, he's like, all right, I can get you a motorboat or a rowboat. And they're like, how much is the motorboat? Is there anything you got? How much is the robot? Everything you got. Yep. And like, there's a brief sh- semi shootout. There's also zombies there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they end up taking a big boat and putting the truck on the boat. And they kill all of Patrick's friends. And then Patrick joins them. Yeah. To get away from the zombies. There's also an Acme grenade that just blows up the wooden wall of a building and leaves all of the people there standing there pointing their guns still. This was this was I think the best part of the movie. Um, it's, it's there's a lot of like silly. weird little Acme comedy bits. There's also like as Patrick is escaping, he hands a zombie a stick of dynamite and you get just this like shot of the zombie well, they're like reaching through the door and he's like, "Here, thank you." And then shuts the door and then he runs off then a minute later, we cut inside that room uh-huh. where one zombie is no longer trying to rush for the door. He's just looking at this dynamite. Like, He's like, ooh, fire. Ooh. And then, boom. It's really funny. It's very goofy. <laughs> they get to the island. Yeah. They clear out the boat. Um, it's kind of unremarkable. It's kind of unremarkable, but it's fun. This is... This is... The most fun that the special effects have been since the early movies. Let me walk you through one of the kills on this boat. They're they're having so much fun with the kills in this in these scenes, and I like this kill. You thought it was a little over overkill, if you will. So our first guy, what is his name? Nicotine. N- Nicotine Crockett. <laughs> Nicotine is out there, and he goes onto the boat, and he's like, "Ah, oh, shit! There's a zombie here." Rolls his eyes, runs up, grabs him by the shirt, punches him, shoves him up against the railing of the boat, reaches onto a wall, and takes off a flare gun, shoots the flare, the flare goes into the zombie chest and starts burning it from the inside, and the head is on fire and glowing. And then he walks up with a cigarette, and he lights the cigarette on the burning head, takes a drag, and then... Roundhouse kicks him off of the boat. Yeah. With a quip that I don't remember. Yeah, he that says is a little like line. three steps too many. <laughs> you can light the zombie on fire, you can throw the zombie off the boat, you could punch the zombie or whatever, but the it's a very elaborate sequence. Hey, you know what happens when you punch things? Uh-huh. Sometimes you split your knuckle. Yeah. You know what 
humans have in their mouths? Uh-huh. Teeth. <laughs> you know what teeth are good for? Huh. Splitting knuckles. <laughs> Don't fucking punch a zombie. Yeah. There's a weird amount of, like... Because there's another... The, um... What's his name? Um... The, 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 the horny guy who ha- is religious. Um... Cisco. Cisco. Uh... <clears throat> Cisco at, earlier in this like boat sequence like like grabs a zombie by the shoulder and puts the gun up against him and shoots him you know up uh, under the chin yeah and it's like why are y'all touching zombies so much there is so much like let me touch the zombie right now that I just am like couldn't be me could not be me anyway um so they get to the island and and yeah, yeah, let's summarize what happens when they get to the island. Good luck. They get to the island and O'Flynn is kind of explain this is where the this is where the movie dips down, right? Is they get to the island and they don't really know what the movie's doing anymore. And basically like one of the National Guard guys dies and O'Flynn is kind of explaining what's going on but not super well and um Okay, the, let's see. Cisco takes the ferry boat. He bites a zombie's finger off. That's bad for later. Yes. They get to the island and they realize that everybody has chained up as zombies. And Patrick sees his daughter, Janet, on a horse. That who will is come a, back to that. Who is a zombie and she's riding her horse around because that's the thing she likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody tries to shoot at them and um, Nicotine uh, tries to save his buddy uh crockett or kenny 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 dies seemingly oh Uh, my god (laughs) huh they killed kenny yeah it's an old joke sir and it's not very good okay Uh, okay i believe you you don't know you don't know oh my god they killed kenny (sighs) cisco realizes he is infected and asks tomboy to shoot him He's going to shoot himself, but then she's like, wait, you're Catholic. You can't shoot yourself. Which, fair point, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like She's like, that's like the one thing <laughs> that your God doesn't like. <laughs> like okay. Then we are told uh, that, okay, so Nicotine passes out. Then they don't call him Nicotine in the entire movie, by the way. I did it, yeah. I don't know where the the Wikipedia got Nicotine. It's in the last movie's credits, and this is, it's in this movie's credits. He passes out, and boy has to go get water for Nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> and as he does so, he runs into Jane. Jane? No, Who? Janet. Jane is the one who's dead. Janet is the one who's alive. They're twins! There was a secret twin sister the whole time that Patrick just didn't mention that he has two daughters? Maybe one of them was already dead before the events of the film. I don't know. That must be it. Anyway, they capture... Muldoon captures Tomboy, who's the lesbian, by the way. Um, Could you tell from the name? I couldn't, actually. Anyway, they go. They all go to a standoff at Muldoon's place to get Tomboy back, and they leave their guns behind. But then Jane brings them Janet, their guns. Janet secretly brings them their guns, and then says, "I brought them their guns." And then we can all have a shootout. And then, <laughs> and then all the 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 O'Flynns and the National Guard people are like, 
All right, we have our guns. And they're better guns than yours. Time to not stand in cover for the next five minutes of the movie. We're having a shootout, and now we're talking, and now we're having a shootout, and now the zombies are loose, and people are switching sides, and really, we're the monsters. Anyway, we have to shoot the zombies. Zombies, we're going to wait for the zombies to eat the horse, to see if they eat the horse. If they eat the horse, and then you tell me that I was right and you were wrong, then I'll let you go, but the zombies are not going to eat the horse. And then they all have a shootout, and then the zombies eat the horse... And then, uh, everyone dies except for nicotine, tomboy, and boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they go out on the boat, but Janet is gonna come tell them, hey, they ate the horse, the zombies ate the horse, but then her dad shoots her because she was bitten by her twin sister. And Earlier he's like, I had, scene, to, I had to prove that I was strong enough to shoot my anyway, own daughter. Anyway, later... <laughs> And so then the the boat leaves and they have some closing narration as we cut to a field <laughs> where Patrick and Muldoon are both zombies and they're like 10 paces apart and they point guns at each other and the moon is in the background and it's way too big and then like wait like Castlevania moon is here and then that's the end of the movie War never changes! <laughs> the closing narration is literally War Never Changes. It's not literally War Never Changes. The, it's not, but it feels like it. The, <clears throat> what so, the fuck did we watch? So the movie's really fun, and then they get to the island and it gets boring, and then as soon as like they're like, alright, time to go have our big shootout, the, it totally falls apart. It it's, unravels before your eyes in a way I've never seen a movie do. It's just like, what is happening from moment to We're moment? We're not high this time. We're stoned sober. I could not piece together like what was happening for the last 15 minutes of the movie. And I mean that as such an affectionate compliment. The way in which it falls apart is so silly. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. Can I read you a little bit from this interview with George Romero? about what he thinks about the closing narration of this movie? Sure. Interviewer from Bloody Disgusting. This is an interview from 2010. This Bloody Disgusting is a badass digest, uh, chud-style movie blog, ain't it cool news-style movie blog from those days. I'm amazed that this... I'm amazed that you can still read this interview. You go and try to read, like, IGN articles from 2010, good fucking luck. You know? So, um, bloody disgusting. You had said the film was inspired by The Big Country, which came out in 1958. Was this a concept you'd been considering for a while, or did it just come to you recently? No. The idea was to make a film about war or entities that don't die. Conflicts, disagreements that people can't resolve. Whether it's Ireland, or the Middle East, or the Senate. That was the idea. <laughs> There's there's a lot there's a lot of really juicy stuff in this interview, but I just wanted to give you a moment to react to that. It's not Ireland, about Ireland. the Middle East, or the Senate. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. The film is in Delaware. Uh-huh. There are Irish people in it, but half of the Irish people are actually cowboys with like southern accents. Let me jump ahead to you to explain. Why there are so many Irish people in this movie. That's later in this interview. Um, You mentioned Ireland. Was that the reason for the Irish accents? In a way, I said, how can I put a little more salt and pepper on this? I can't make the two guys an Arab and a Jew. Laughs. 
So I thought of Irish families. There are a couple islands off the coast of New England that are largely Irish populated. I just thought it made the most sense. I also loved Kenny Welsh, and I knew that he could really cut that. I didn't know he'd say yes to doing it, but I was hoping. Okay. <laughs> this island is fucking huge, apparently, by the way. There's a one shot where you see onto the horizon, and it's like, just, it keeps going. It's a real emerald isle out here, damn. I mean, that you know, I was, I was a little like, man, that's a really big island. But then... Reading this interview and knowing that it was inspired by a Western movie, and that's why it's in the CinemaScope. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. I have not seen The Big Country, but it is a it is a 50s Western that is, like, huge in scale. It's shot in CinemaScope. This movie is not shot in CinemaScope for obvious, like, technological reasons that CinemaScope didn't exist. What, yeah, do, what, do, what do you mean? Cinema... You mean a camera? Yeah, they had a cameras. <laughs> okay, CinemaScope was a format... <laughs> Uh-huh. Of shooting films, <clears throat> much like this is not a purely analogous, but it's like thirty-five millimeter versus seventy millimeter versus shooting on digital, right? It's sort of it's kind of adjacent to that. One of the things about CinemaScope was that you had really wide screens, and this was very impressive in the fifties because you know the first cinema screens are all like you know four three, um, and so CinemaScope is like we're going to introduce these like huge wide movies that make it feel expansive um that become so much of the language of westerns um in the 40s and 50s anyway i should watch some older westerns i've only seen we should watch this one newer westerns sure i don't i don't care yeah um ba -ba 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 -ba. i don't think there's anything else to not in that answer i'm seeing if there was some other stuff in this interview that i thought was really interesting the other lead, uh, Alan Van Spring, he was in Diary playing the same character. This is the first time, I guess apart from Savini, you brought a character back. Was that something that when you were doing Diary, you felt you wanted to do more with this character? No, because after Land of the Dead, which was the big budget thing, I felt a little bit as if I'd lost, some, I'd lost the roots where I started this whole thing. And I wanted to go back to doing them smaller. And I had the idea, I wanted to do something about emerging media, social journalism, citizen journalism... That's Diary, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I needed to do it quickly because other people were going to do it soon, too. Um, it cost so little to make that even though it had a limited release, it, stayed, it still made lots of bread worldwide with DVDs and TV. So that company wanted us to make another. And um, the one thing I've, uh, I've never been able to do with the first four is reuse characters. When we had Savini... So Savini... Tom Savini plays a zombie in um, Land of the Dead that is the same... It's the biker who sticks his arm into the uh, blood pressure pump and dies. Mm -hmm. He's playing that same character, and they had to go get, like, clearance from the rights holder, like, from Dario Argento's state or whoever, estate or whoever, to, to use that character again, mm -hmm. basically. Um... And the interviewer says something stupid about Diary being the Hobbit. <laughs> um, and the, the, the last thing here, um, Romero talks in the interview about, yeah, we have this thing where, like, if if survival is successful, we can, you know, they, they might finance two more. This might be, like, a four-film set. That obviously didn't happen. Um, I just thought this part was interesting. Um, 
Depends on how the film does. Uh, I'm sort of standing by in case. In the meantime, my partner and I are developing a couple other things. Uh, another horror idea that's not zombie. Another non-horror small personal film. Um, uh, I just don't have the energy anymore or the desire to come out here and pitch for two years. Or the time left. I think I'll stick with what I'm doing, you know? Smaller scale stuff, doing it at home with friends, have as much fun with it as I've been having. Interviewer. Seems to be working. This is the third zombie film in five years. You're really making up for missing the 90s. Um, uh, Romero ends this interview talking about, oh yeah, in the meantime, I'll try to develop these other ideas. I don't know how many films I have left, you know, three if I'm lucky. Interviewer, ten. George Romero, I don't know about that, I smoke. I think there's, the, the way that this movie falls apart to me, I think is very charming in the moment of watching it. And only becomes more charming when it's like, George Romero is old he is probably sick at this point um he doesn't know how long he's going to be able to do this i mean this was his last movie and the way that this movie falls apart it's like yeah let's wrap it up you know it's like, <laughs> like it's it's him and the 10 other people he's been making these movies with since the 70s like he has had the same crew of people since the 60s and 70s maybe since the 50s when he was making commercials and instructional videos like, it's all been in-house for decades now. And this movie falling apart at the end kind of just feels like, yeah, let's let's just finish this clock up. Out. Let's, let's clock out. <laughs> <laughs> We've got like four different plot lines. We've, let's not really bring them together. We've done let's enough. Just... The openers can take care of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's very charming, I think. This movie, it feels just very... It feels very warm and silly, and um, it's got the classic thing that's been a running thread through all of these of, like, all the zombies are probably just people who live in Pennsylvania that are just excited to be there, you know? Um, the special the special effects are the best out of any of the 2000s movies. I think I said that earlier, but I, I really feel that. That these, these are the best the special effects have been since the introduction of CG into these. And the CG ones still aren't very good. The one where he puts the pipe of the fire extinguisher in the zombie's mouth and then inflation arts him? Yeah, and the eyes pop out. Here's the thing, is that in Land of the Dead, the CG was there to make you sort of believe in um, like an effect that they couldn't do practically, necessarily, or amp up a practical effect. The zombie's head is whipping around in this, a way. Yeah. In this, it felt very cartoonish. It felt very like, what's something we couldn't do with practical effects? We couldn't light the zombie on fire and have it stand there for a few seconds and have the guy light the cigarette. We couldn't do that with practical. Let's do that, you know? It feels it feels Looney Tunes, the way that the, the CG functions in this movie. It's a fun time. It's a fun. It's a fun <laughs> Put it on the box. I was, about to, I was about to say it's a fun time, and then I realized I was re repeating what you said. Let's do our ranking. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's open up a, a text file here. We don't need to get fancy. Okay. Just slap those keys as loudly, loudly as possible so we peak the audio. Thanks. <laughs> let's just write Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Night of the Living Dead. Uh, better than Dawn of the Dead, right? So can... let's let's just start out. Dawn of the Dead. 
Is this better or worse than Night of the Living Dead? Worse. Okay, type it underneath. Yes. Day of the Dead? Day of the Dead. Is it better or worse than Night of the Living Dead? I'd say better. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm gonna let you have this. I don't... You know, let me have this. If we were doing separate lists, if we were doing separate lists, Night of the Living Dead is my favorite. But Day of the Dead, I think is like, if we're making a collective list, I think putting Day of the Dead at the top is representative of what this season of the show has been and is representative of us, Mm -hmm. you know? So even if like, if I was just (laughs) Day of the Dead... (laughs) Okay. Um, Land of the Dead. Is it better than Day of the Dead? No. Is it better than Night of the Living Dead? No. No. Is it better than Dawn of the Dead? Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Land of the Dead. (laughs) Diary of the Dead. Is it better than Day of the Dead? Absolutely not. Is it better than Night of the Living Dead? Absolutely not. Is it better than Land of the Dead? No. Is it better than Dawn of the Dead? No. No. (laughs) Diary of the Dead to the bottom of the list. Liking survival of the dead really did put into perspective for me, like <laughs> how was, little fun you had. I was diary. Really, I was being really charitable to diary of the dead. Yeah, I was fucking Pope Francis out here when it came to diary. Of what? The, I was thinking of like a charity because he's the pope. I, is is Francis the name of the current pope? I, I think so. Um, I was just like, who's charitable? The pope, I guess. <clears throat> Survival of the Dead is it better than Day of the Dead? No. Is it better than Night of the Living Dead? No. Is it better than Land of the Dead? No. No. But just barely. It's better than Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Certainly better than Dawn of the Dead. I had more fun. <laughs> I had You know, I was like I, I I've really come around on Dawn of the Dead. I've really started to appreciate all the things that movie's doing. Dawn and Diary are the only ones where I was frustrated watching it. I had a literal negative emotional reaction to watching the film. Uh huh. Those are at the bottom of my list. I've I have come to appreciate Dawn of the Dead. It but, has its moments. But uh, my my initial reaction to Dawn of the Dead was I like I we're wasting our fucking time here <laughs> and 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 that's I, not that... because it was slow it was boring but I can watch a boring movie uh-huh. but the movie got so bored that it had a different movie show up to wrap it up um, anyway Dawn of the Dead has its moments I do like the money scene that one's great mm-hmm. where they open up the cash registers and he's like hey you never know. Mm-hmm. This could blow. Over. They could have. They could. They could need that money someday. They Unfortunately, take, they, a, a bad Mad Max ripoff happens instead. They just take it as writ in this movie that oh yeah, we'll need money sooner or later. Probably. Yeah. Which you know, this is a prequel to Land of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I think is what Romero said. That I sounds believe about these right. are prequels to Land of the Dead, vaguely in a way. Yeah. So yes, money does exist. Yeah, I mean, Diary <clears throat> starts at the start of the apocalypse, and this is, I think, a couple months in, based on how Diary played out. There's still TV, I guess. Well, there's internet. There's internet, there's, and there's, there's a little like, TV. There's there's a there's a you see you see the scene that happens in Diary, and then some time passes, and then you get 
a, a, a three weeks later title card, you know? So, anyway, all that being said, <clears throat> there's no reason any of these have to or can't be in the same zombie world. No. Except for the fact that Night of the Living Dead <laughs> happens in the fucking 60s and uh, everything else is clearly later in time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Day of the Dead could still be... Day of the Dead certainly could still be contemporary to the other three, to the to the to the 2000s movies, and Dawn of the Dead, maybe not. Maybe Dawn of the Dead, I think, is a little more of its place in time. But like, you could write an adaptation of Dawn of the Dead that say t- comes out in 2004, and you know, you por- could maybe it would even be good. I don't know. I haven't seen it I in a very long time. It. We're not going to watch it right now. I I have seen it, but it's been a very long time. So there's your list. The official franchise list for the Romero branch of Of the Dead films. The Romero-verse. Yeah, if set. you will. Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Land of the Dead, Survival of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. Diary of the Dead's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> now, I think we're going to take a break week between seasons with this podcast. Yeah. This is mostly at my request. When we return, we will be watching RoboCop. Fucking RoboCop. Never seen it. Uh, I saw half of it, and I was like, I need to watch this with Nora. So, not even half. I saw the first 30 minutes. Like, I gotta watch this with Nora. So The only detail I know about RoboCop is, supposedly, if you put the deleted scenes into RoboCop, then every scene is like the movie in hits a middle point and then reverses like it's all bookends like each Mm. scene of a guy watching tv matches with another scene of a guy watching tv at the end of the movie oh it's like watchmen i don't know about watchmen but the thing i read once somewhere was that if you add the deleted scenes back into robocop it becomes this weird like mirror image of a movie i don't this is also a thing that people say about uh the shining (laughs) oh i don't know (laughs) Um, we're gonna watch RoboCop. It's a movie about a robo who's a cop. The thing that people do with The Shining is that you you have the movie playing forward in like, and it's like normal opacity, and then on top of it, you overlay at like fifty percent opacity the movie playing in reverse, basically. Why? great question you should watch nora 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 you need to watch room 237 you don't need to watch the shining i think you would be kind of bored by the shining the stanley kubrick film why would i be bored of the shining i just it doesn't seem like i've seen clips of it within the film twister where they go to a (laughs) drive-in theater and watch the shining and then the twister comes maybe you'd like the shining maybe you'd like the shining i'm not i'm not deciding any judgment one way or the other about whether you would like the shining you would eat up Room 237. Is that the one with Morgan Freeman in it? Room, th- room 237 is a documentary of conspiracy theorists talking about how they interpret The Shining as being about the moon landing or being about this and that. So it's not the one with Morgan Freeman in it in a weird way. No. Hotel. What is the Morgan Freeman Hotel movie? Uh, there's a Morgan Fre- he like has half of his face on the cover he's like in a doorway or something hotel movies the contract 
I don't know. Click on any image. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Is Morgan Freeman not in a spooky room movie? Like a movie in like a room or a set of rooms, perhaps a building? <laughs> if anyone knows what I'm thinking of, let you me know. You sound high. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm thinking about, let me know. I thought that he was in a movie about a hotel room. I got nothing for you, babe. Oh, uh, um, I should I should be clear about something, by the way. Mm-hmm. So for for the of the dead movies, we're not watching the remakes right now, um, because that might be its own season or Patreon content or whatever. Probably its own season. Uh, oh, we, also we have a question. We'll get to in just a moment. Um, uh, RoboCop. We're watching that fucking remake. There's only four RoboCop movies. There's no sense in doing it separate. We will watch RoboCop, RoboCop 2, RoboCop 3, and then RoboCop 2014. Yeah, we're going to skip a couple thousand RoboCops in the middle there. (laughs) Um, From Aiden. Ten years ago, I watched roughly two-thirds of Land of the Dead on a PlayStation Vita. Which Which of Romero's Of the Dead movies do you think is most appropriate to be watched on a Vita? Uh... Well, it'd be easiest to get Night of the Living Dead on there, probably. Yeah. You just download it. Yeah. Off of the Internet Archives. <laughs> but I guess, di- uh, not Diary, Survival is I, the most PlayStation Vita Romero verse film. I'm going to go with Diary. Gross. It feels appropriate to watch the, like, new media uh, citizen journalism movie on... You, whatever device you can find. If that's a PlayStation Vita, it's a PlayStation Vita. I own two UMDs of movies. Would you like to guess what they are? I know what they are. They're Advent Children and... It features an actress from the the TV show Seventh Heaven. That doesn't help me. Seventh Heaven, the father in that family in that show, is the guy from Star Trek The Motion Picture who dies for pussy. I don't know. Stealth. What is stealth? Stealth is a fun little. Don't just Google stealth. Google stealth. stealth. Movie. <laughs> I think it's like 2007, 2005. Not stealth 2000 duck boat. <laughs> Thank you. Stealth is a movie about uh, an AI fighter plane that goes bad. Well, all right then. It's a fun movie. You broke Google. I broke Google. Anyway, that's the answer to that question. I'm Now I'm going to steal a question that was meant for ornate stairwells. You were. Let me pull up the inbox here. Yeah, I can is, sum it up for you because I read it already. This is from Modron. And so they, they sent this email to stairwells, but you read it and you were like, well, we got to do this on franchise, apparently. I don't know what this question is, but you were pretty taken with it. I question ties to into a brief addendum to a discussion you had on episode 69. Nice. While talking about Star Trek 09, Autumn mentioned J.J. Abrams adding lens flares in post-production using CGI. This is not true. The reality is much, much dumber than that. Rather than adding more lens flares to CGI, Abrams added them in camera by standing outside the frame and shining a flashlight directly into the camera lens. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) 
<laughs> My question is, what's a stupid or funny behind-the-scenes story you've heard about a movie? This is actually appropriate uh, for, for this podcast because there's so many funny behind-the-scenes stories um, of these movies. I like the guts. <clears throat> yeah, there's a there's a really good um, scene in this one. Of, no, in, oh, in Day. In Day. In Day of the Dead, when the general guy gets eaten, the guts they used for that scene were all rotten. Yes. And they had to use them anyway. Yeah, they could. They there wasn't time to go get more guts, and so they just had to have this guy sitting, and all the zombies just like breathing in rotten just guts, playing around with them. Yeah, um, as he's screaming, "Fuck you! I hope you choke on it. Choke on it. Choke." But on the it. image of J.J. Abrams gleefully just shining a flashlight into his own camera. I fucking hate him. Now imagine if the movie had this this wide shot in it, and like the movie looked like this, where there was just people at. Yeah, we're what we're looking at <laughs> is an image of it, in the in the foreground. There's J.J. Abrams. There's the movie camera and his DP. Um, Mama uh, loves that guy. But in the background, out of focus, is a really nice wide shot of like um, Scotty and. Um, Chekhov's on the bridge and I'm like wow imagine if you just had nice wide shots in Star Trek <laughs> imagine. imagine imagine if you could just see the set that they'd bothered to build instead of well people I remember people getting mad about the set it's, everyone hated the iPhone Enterprise it's not good but it's better than what it, it's not a great set but you could make that set look fine if you shot like an like a normal person <laughs> if you shot like you knew how fucking movies work how did you feel about the star trek discovery bridge i never saw star trek discovery it's you know this is way more objectionable to me than the star trek 09 bridge you're fidgeting again i'm fidgeting again um i don't i couldn't tell you why i just think this looks ass ugly it's Got sinister prestige TV lighting, for one. Thing. It's got sinister prestige TV lighting. I don't. It's. It's got the orange and teal, but it also feels monochromatic because everybody is wearing the same blue uniform, um, and so you get these like blue floors and computer. This this image is a little better because every people have different colors of uniforms, mm -hmm. but I don't like. There's these lights The big here. bar lights. There's the big bar lights that shoot down blue light. The The bottom half of the set is lit in blue. But then up here, you've got these, like, orangish LEDs that sort of give the top half of the set the orange that you need for the orange and teal look. I don't like it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, this image... This image this looks is the Enterprise. Oh, how to how Star Trek Discovery redesigned the USS Enterprise bridge. This is the Enterprise. The other one is the Discovery. This Enterprise looks a little better because it's not so. It's mostly blue, and then these big lights up here are a very white color. I like that. I don't like how reflective it is. I don't like that yeah. you can see these big white lights on the floor. I I like the um. It feels unnatural. Um, mm -hmm. 
Just like the dark side of the force. But we, when we go red alert, we can change all the lighting to red. Yeah, I don't... The RGB lighting, I just think, is not working for the, me. The gamer room lighting? It, 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 it really does feel like gamer chair aesthetics. You know? Like, the captain's chair on the Discovery here is a gamer chair. Oh, I like it. I think it's cool. It's a I want to have I want to have a chair that does functions. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this season of Pardon My Franchise. We will be back in 2 weeks with, with RoboCop. A, with RoboCop. That's right. There will be within the first 3 months of 2023 a bonus episode on the Patreon that you can listen to that will be about something that we watch i haven't really decided yet i think we're gonna do the robocop cartoon the first robocop cartoon i in my head i've really been pushing for some of the of the dead remakes but i understand that maybe you want to get out of zombie land yes i would like to get out of zombie land or zombie land two what is the sequel Uh, there's a sequel there's a sequel the bill murray Zombie Land. Does does Bill Murray show up in Zombie Double Land? Double Tap, too? 2019. Yeah, that sounds about right. 2019. <laughs> 2019. It is ten years too late to be doing a Zombie Land sequel. What are you doing? Well, when was the first Zombie Land? 2009, I think. We should watch Zombie Land Double Tap for the Patreon. <laughs> 2009, 2019. There you go. Oh, that is ten years too late. Um, Do you think it's been ten years in the? I need to. I need to find the answer to something. Um, double tap. Scrolling down to cast here. Mm-hmm. I don't see the mid credit scene features Bill Murray. That's fucking cheating. Put Bill Murray in the middle of the movie for no fucking reason. <laughs> it's the only good part of Zombieland. <laughs> well, there's multiple good parts of Zombieland. I quite like that movie. Um. I think I think the part where they call him Tallahassee, Wichita, I think that's fun. Yeah, I like that. sure. Rosario Dawson is Nevada. Now, mm, I don't know about that. Zoe Dutch is Madison. You can't just... I know that Madison... <laughs> Wisconsin. Ma- Wisconsin. But it's too much of just a normal name. It feels like you broke the theme. Columbus is, like, verging on that. They're really <laughs> hanging out in the... the southwestern united states here nevada madison nevada albuquerque flagstaff anyway why is one of them called nevada that's a state not a city (laughs) i don't know would you rather she be called vegas yes that would be silly no sillier no sillier than little rock Anyway, that brings us to the end of the Romero-verse. We will be entering the Robo-verse in two weeks. Mm. So, um, you have 14 days to comply. Yeah. Until next time, don't eat zombie fingers. Don't eat zombie fingers. Do not, don't bite the zombie. What are you doing, Cisco? Cisco.